This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Are you leaving or are you on your way back home? Either way, we want to be there. Doesn't matter how much baggage you claim. Give us a time and date. Terminal and gate. We want to send you off in style. We want to welcome you back home. Tell us all about it. Were you scared or was it fine? Welcome to Do You Need Ride? This is Chris Fairbanks. And this is Karen Kilgariff. Oh, it's so blistery, blustery, cold, Karen. The weather? Look, nobody wants to hear people in Southern California talk about how hard it is to live in 50-degree weather. We understand that. And we know. But we still have to talk about it because it's so crazy. Let's just give a quick weather update, everybody, all you listeners. First of all, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Also, Kathy McKibben, if you're listening, I saw Rick. Thank you for listening. My old neighbor, Rick, you may have met him at my housewarming party, Chris, but oh, yes. he had to come over because there was so many bad things going on with my house because of the storm yeah. last week that Rick came over because he's a contractor and had to do all kinds of stuff. And then he was like, um, his wife's name's Kathy. And he said, you know, Kathy listens to your podcast. And I, he said, before she goes to sleep. And I said, really? True crime? And he goes, no, no, the other one where you just talk. <laughs> and I go, oh, do you need to write? He goes, yeah. Yeah. That, she likes that one. And so I was like, oh, that's first of all, Kathy's OG. Yeah. She's, uh, she's all about the a straight up chat show. Yeah. We do just talk. We really do. Yeah. Um, But I couldn't be more grateful to have had them as neighbors when I lived at my old house because I had a contractor that lived next door, which is one of the hardest things in Los Angeles. One of the hardest people to get a hold of is a person that can help you when your house is screwed up. And it may have happened to you in this weather. Like it's been pouring rain for days and days, like hard rain. And we haven't had rain here in three years. Right. So all of a sudden, like I, my garage the front of my garage was flooded. There was like two feet of water. I actually was bailing out this oh, little shit. pond of water. 
Like, it's the kind of weather all across this town that no one is prepared for and no house is prepared for. Right. That's we're not complaining about the I mean, and in our defense, it was 39 the other night, not a low of 50. Uh, But (laughs) none of the houses (laughs) here like are equipped for like the rain is soaking up into the foundation. We don't have houses on stilts or anything. And my, like in my garage, the roof just fell on my car and dented it. Like wet. Oh, wow. Yeah. Somehow it got wet, seeping from the ground, and all this wet drywall uh, landed. Luckily, I don't care much about my car, but legitimate <laughs> dent. It just fell yeah. on it. I opened the garage door, and it's just blanketed with sheetrock. And that's because, yeah, we just are not, this city is not equipped for rain. But And we're not equipped for rain, but last week, the wind was so extreme. My electricity went out a couple times. I don't know if that happened to you. No. On, um, I think it was Friday night. But I did see a tree crush a Toyota Supra that a guy's worked on his whole life, and it made me yeah. very sad for him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that happened everywhere because these trees are all dried out like yeah, yeah. to the roots. And so this is the funniest thing. So there's a big tree separating my house from my neighbor's house. I didn't hear anything or anything, but I got up in the morning and I went to empty the garbage and this tree is just leaning on my house. And I was like, whoa, because it didn't make noise, nothing. So it's like in the wind, there was such constant wind that this tree just slowly casually pushed relaxed. over. <laughs> it just re- it just kind of drunkenly leaned on. It had my its house. elbow on your roof. But it's a huge tree and, uh, you know, it's like, oh, OK, but that's, you know, there's doesn't seem to be any damage, but it's got to go. And so I called the neighbor, and he he owns the house, but he doesn't live there. And so, oh, no, the, I emailed him, and then I didn't get a response. And then I saw that he had called me. And so I called him back, and he's like, hey, so yeah, that tree, um, you know, I don't know if you saw it, whatever. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah, so he goes, I don't, you know, like, because we don't know each other that well, but we met once, and he's a lovely man. And he's like, so I looked it up, and actually this— California law is like if a a tree falls into your yard, it becomes your responsibility to take care oh, of your tree. Oh, you're kidding. Uh-huh. Wait, isn't that crazy? And so I go, oh, okay. And I go, so I should just keep, take care of the tree? With your chainsaw that you own? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And your leather. But wait, he goes, wait, what do you mean? It's your tree in my yard. So I have a tree in my backyard that I didn't even know went down and fell into his backyard and broke the fence between our yards. And that I didn't even notice because I was so obsessed with the tree in the front. So when I go, oh, no, I was talking about the tree in the front. And he goes, I don't, what are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, yeah, a gigantic tree in like the front planter is just kind of down on my house. And he goes, oh, my God, my tenants didn't even tell me. And it turns out this tree is, God, this might be one of the more boring things we've ever talked no, about. No, no, it's scary. People die from crazy. these trees. They die, and the, this tree just is leaning. The roots didn't come up. It doesn't look like a tree that fell over because it isn't. it hadn't fallen all the way over. So the people that live in the house didn't even notice that the tree was over because it's just over like five feet from where it normally was. I love that they're falling subtly and resting upon things as if to... Lightly. Yeah, like it's a water cooler and they're about to say, what are you getting into this weekend? (laughs) It was the funniest phone call because I don't know this person very well. And this is where you really 
learn who people are, right? Because he could have called and been like, you owe me this much money, or he could have done anything. And when I sent him the email, I really was like, hey, this is awkward because we've only had one conversation, but I'm not demanding anything from you. I just, I'm trying to let let you know, like, hey, we need to make a plan or something. And then when I didn't hear back, I was like, oh no, he's, uh, I wonder what this means. So then when he called me, it was like, he called me on Sunday, but the call didn't go through until Tuesday. And he goes, I called you on Sunday. Oh, because so you had he power I was outages doing. and stuff. And, and it just didn't, sometimes yeah, that yeah. happens, like it, the call doesn't come through. So he thought I was avoiding him, and I thought he was avoiding me, and we both were talking about different trees. Yeah, another leisurely weekend tree. <laughs> it was, we laughed and laughed, and then we were both very relieved that we aren't unreasonable people, and we can just like, he's like, Good. so... He goes, and he's we can a just contractor. Get a guy. He's the contractor guy? No, no. The contractor oh, okay. guy is from my old house, Rick, who's um, who helped me with the flooding. Oh, okay. But then Rick was like, you got to get that tree off your house. That could actually do damage. And I was yeah. like, I know I'm talking to the guy, whatever. So anyway, thank God it's a positive ending to the story. But it's like, we're not just talking about like being chilly or whatever. This weather has been so extreme that like, it's like, it was hailing on the east side today. Yeah. Like a little bit of snow in, in Silver Lake or Glendale. And it's cold in our houses. Our house, I there's zero insulation. If you look in my attic, it is just planks of wood. <laughs> so even though it might be zero degrees where you live, you have like a heating system that's ready for that. I am right. You you live in a culture that's prepared for it. Yeah. Like your your steam heater comes on and yeah. fills up the room and you, you own know. Carhartts, you have Sorel boots. I'm in my apartment with my surf trunks trembling. <laughs> Crying. Crying. Begging the Lord to help. Oh, I get so religious. <laughs> But I don't have to be anymore. Guess who got fancy, very high-end health insurance? I'm so excited. How did you do that? I just, I called a broker and I was like, here's what I need. And I know I'm going to pay a lot a month, but I'm just going to get in there, get all the cameras in my holes, do everything that a guy my age (laughs) needs to do. I can't wait for these cameras because each painful one will bring me peace of mind. That's right. And uh, and the guy was very helpful, the insurance guy. I don't remember what my insurance company is called. It's some uh, Obamacare. It's a new... MetLife. The it's, one with Snoopy? It's No, I wish. I wish it was. <laughs> oh, God. Imagine. Imagine if I had just insurance that reminded me of my childhood and no adults. <laughs> And dancing. Now I need to look. I was looking because I am always nervous when over the phone it seems so bizarre to give your card number and the three-digit code and everything. And sure enough, I got distracted by not, I didn't find the insurance because I apparently have been eating at many Italian restaurants in Florida. I don't know if it's related, but someone duplicated my card I called my bank and they're like, yeah, these were in-person purchases. And then I'm like, well, it's important to note right now that I've never been to Florida. <laughs> and they're all oh, Italian had- restaurants. <laughs> they're Sorry. dipping their toes in. They got a $9 like appetizer one day. And then they went to another Italian place and got spent like 29 bucks. And then, and then they got a friend and got a nice $60 dinner 
all at these Italian places. I was Googling <laughs> pictures to make sure, even though I haven't been in Florida, that I hadn't accidentally gone to these restaurants. <laughs> Just to double check that you weren't like sleep eating or anything. Or in to see that they weren't like it was a parent company of a place I went here in LA, but I, I haven't been eating out here either. They were all pending, they all got reversed. Everything is fine. That happened to me recently. And the first it's um the first place they used my card was at Ralph's to buy groceries. And it bummed me out so bad where I'm like, this is where we're at. Like yeah. this is where we're at, where people are desperate and they're they're not stealing people's identity so that they can do, go do crazy right. shit. They're trying to buy groceries. Yeah, yeah. This was I mean, he went out for a fancy who they whoever it was. It could have been a uh an accident. I don't know, but it seems like a lavish Italian dinner. That that kind of made me upset. But you're right. While I was on stage years ago in Seattle, someone went into the green room, stole my wallet, obviously looked at the wallet and said, hey, that's the guy on stage right now. This is how much they didn't <laughs> like my comedy. They went and they filled multiple cars with gas during my show to oh. where right when I was done, I went in the green room, noticed my wallet was gone because I knew I put it there, uh, called the police. And the one cop in that area, it was like an outskirt of Seattle. He's like, you know, I did see a Mustang speeding away from the gas station going about 60, but I didn't want to endanger anyone, so I didn't chase him. But he saw the person. Wow. But it's another person that said, hey, you go get your truck with the giant gas tank. We're all meeting. I got a good card. We're all going to get gas. Which, it, like you just said, it's kind of hard to get mad if... if Someone's desperately just needs gas. I was, I, they did reverse the charges and I wasn't responsible for them, but it did make me sad. Like gas and groceries, that's how they're going to spend my money. And I can't be that mad at it. But Italian dinners, I will go after you. Time to take a trip to Florida. Look how much calamari these people stole on your dime. Yeah. In Florida, what if it's two old people that are just like, we don't give a shit anymore? Happy anniversary, sweetie. <laughs> this one's on Fairbanks. <laughs> yeah. They come in wearing ski masks. <laughs> oh, I love this elderly career criminal couple. Oh, speaking of, the my favorite old lady that compliments the scariest of people in the parking lot that I, and everyone's saying, hey, you should have her on the podcast. I keep getting... Because she's a delightful lady that, and I did see her at Lazen's today, um, but I didn't, I think I probably made the good choice not to just invite a random no. stranger on our podcast. I would no, have to No, and also, let me, let me just tell, <laughs> let me tell you and the listeners this as a person who had to uh, go through the audience every single day at the old talk show I worked at. Right. She's great in real life because right. she's great in real life. Yes. That is not, does not. Uh, always translate. In fact, rarely translates. I'm going to say, yeah. To uh, media. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a 1% chance that all of a sudden she'd be comfortable on air personality. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would love it. We, You know, it would almost be like if we found out she, like your dad, was an old radio host right, DJ right. and had the chops or whatever. And actually, you know what? Now that I say that, this is Los Angeles where everybody used to be somebody at some point. I'm assuming she was somebody. She's got she's got this glamour to her. She's got this pomp and circumstance. I don't even know what that means, but I I just like the I just like the way she carries herself. Maybe all podcasts aside, 
I just need to become friends. Yes, you should talk to her anyway um, from a bit of a distance. Yes. Just for comfort's sake. But then also, maybe when we get back into the car and you've already made friends with her and we find out that she used to have a contract yeah. at Paramount and she was in, uh, you know, one of the swimmers with Esther Williams or whatever. Oh, that and would be... Some, right? Some amazing thing. Then she's in the car and it makes sense. I want her to be one of those synchronized sw swimmers where they where they kick together in the form of a flower wearing a pink little hat. I hope that was her past life. The height <laughs> of Hollywood glamour. There was some one of those studio sets that had a gigantic pool on it where people were just in the pool shooting all day. Yeah. The same pool that they danced and fell into and It's a Wonderful Life. The sideways dive, one after the other, like a roll-off, but into a pool. We love that. Yes, perhaps at the Eliz Elizabeth Taylor Aquatic Center, where I did my physical <laughs> therapy for a short while. <laughs> perhaps that's what it is. Did, did you ever see the movie Hail Caesar, the Coen Brothers movie? Uh, yeah, I love it. Oh. it. I didn't realize I loved it. I had to watch it again. Well, you know, the Coen Brothers make movies like old school movie style where it's like, you're not going to get this all at once. Yeah. Like you're you're going to be able to watch it multiple times and see new things. But that part where Scarlett Johansson is Esther Williams, but she kind of talks like this, like it was the funniest. And then she ultimately falls in love with Jonah Hill at the end. No oh, spoilers. that I don't remember. I got to watch it again, I think. Oh, it's so good. And just like that idea where it's like, it's the uh, business side of, Hollywood, where, you know, Josh Brolin is walking around having to be the guy that runs the studio. Yeah, yeah. Making sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing and not doing what they're not supposed to be doing. So good. Oh, yeah. At a time when not only were they the agent of the actor, they also own the studio. So they're double dipping just all these. And they have yes. to slap them around when they're not <laughs> on set in time. And most of them are from the mafia. That's how they got everything to work the way it worked, was because there was a real mafia presence. Oh, I love old dirty Hollywood. It was a dirty town, and it continues to be, but now it's also windy. Yeah, none of the buildings have been maintained at all. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of cool that, like, Paramount's still there, Warner Brothers is still there. Like, the same exact places where they, you know, filmed like Humphrey Bogart movies. They're still there. Hey, why do all these studios... Hey, Karen, <laughs> why do all these studio lots have their own water tower? Oh, uh, that's because if there's a fire on the lot, you need a source of water. I actually don't know. I made that up. I bet you're right. It ain't for drinking. I bet it ain't for drinking. <laughs> and I bet it is some sort of a... Because also it's like those kind of water tower things. Mm -hmm. They're in New York, too, on people's roofs. Old water towers. What are they called? Yeah, sometimes sometimes confused ladies that may be uh, getting followed by a ghost or something crawl into one and die. Remember that? Oh, that's, that's a bad one. That, that is, is a, ba a bad Eliza. one. It's scary. It's a scary, scary, scary thing that I revisit often. I, I still want to solve it. Her name is Elisa Lamb, and it's horrible and sad and they think probably she was off her meds, and so she was having a manic episode. Yeah. That's what it was about. That is what makes it very sad. Well, I'm sorry I brought it up, but don't crawl into water towers is all I'm saying. For real. Also, the hotel she was staying at is such a, has such a creepy history. Yeah. And we should actually tell our listeners this for oh, listener warning. Oh, that was here in L.A., right? 
Yes, it was. Yeah, there's a documentary about that. Right downtown. There's a great documentary on some streaming network about yeah. it. You can look it up. But if you, listener, ever come to Los Angeles to visit, yes. do not stay downtown. Unless it's like a Hilton or one that, that has like more than 10 floors. But there's a lot of people who make this mistake where they come to Los Angeles, but they want cheap lodging. Yeah. And then they end up downtown at a hotel that's also like a halfway house or yeah. something crazy. And it's like way worse than you could even imagine. In, and in this case, if I recall correctly, all the permanent residents that lived there were on the lower floors. So you had to go through to get to the actual hotel rooms. You had to go uh, on an elevator sharing it with with uh, people that were like squatting or, or there yes. to shoot up needle drugs or play illegal poker. <laughs> or possibly the Night Stalker. He stayed there for a while. You're kidding. Two different serial killers stayed in that hotel. You can look it up on Netflix yeah, yeah. or whatever yeah. and watch it. And Yeah. The part of that documentary is there was like a hotel manager that was trying so hard to make it a nice hotel and took her job so seriously. And I felt bad for her the whole time. <laughs> she was trying she so was, hard. Yeah. She, she was the kind of person... When you watch that, when you watch that documentary, which is a great one, by the yeah. way, like it's just there's so much going on in it. But that woman, you just want to like grab her by the shoulders and go. At some point, you have to give up. Like at some yeah. point, this is too much for one person. Like you went to probably college for hospitality and you know like hotel whatever. Yeah, and this isn't that. Don't do it to yourself. Concierging. Hotel concierging. Yeah, it's a it's a small major, but it's a good major. It's a you know it's a friendly major. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch where you stay. Don't save money. Don't save money in downtown Los Angeles. Right. That's if what you're I meant splurge, to say. I had to. Yeah, I yeah. would have finished. I had to take a sip of my cold coffee. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well. It's bad timing. Um, is cold coffee part of your new diet? It's me trying to save money, actually. I just, oh, it's oh, coffee. I brewed, <laughs> I brewed it yesterday. Uh, and uh, and I just, you know, you warm it back up. It's only been a day. You know what's funny? I always make the same amount of coffee. I always make six cups. Yeah. I always have coffee left over. Yep. And I actually, sometimes I'll reheat it later in the day or like, you know, if I need it later, but... I don't hold it over to the next day. No, I fill a whole pot. I make, I live alone, yet I make enough coffee for a boss and three staff writers. <laughs> <laughs> That's how prepared I am. Then you put your clip-on tie on and you go into the front room. You got to create your own future. You have to make it happen. That's what I'm doing. It starts with making enough coffee for a production <laughs> shoot <laughs> you've got one of those big like the kind of coffee dispensers that's like at a wedding or whatever that yeah, has yeah. like you know a hundred cups in it a big steel rental yeah yeah with a spigot on it fun uh. always the worst coffee <laughs> just the worst coffee that they make in those but you have it with your pie and you love it oh god I've been buying entire pies, too, and just eat one slice. <laughs> I love around the holidays when you get to eat pie for breakfast and no one says a word about it. Yeah, the there's, a, there's a lot I'm going to miss with my new diet, which I asked you about before we started recording, but I'm doing the Whole30, and I don't believe pie is on that diet. 
Probably not. I don't think there's any. <laughs> it's nuts. I can have nuts and dried fruits. It, let's see if I recall this correctly. I can have sardines because. Great. You know me. I'm a salty old fisherman and I love <laughs> canning my own tiny fish. You're a cat with a hat and a tie. Yeah, yeah. I have an alley cat friend. I'll go out and get some fish bones from him. And then I can, uh, like, yeah, I think you said I could have cauliflower rice. I don't know. I bet I start to feel great, though, physically. I'm just not going to flavor country this month. But also, you're one of those people that doesn't care about sweet things. Am I right about that? You know me. I I have drinks of a few nights a week. You know, I... I'm not going to be drinking, so I think that's where my sugar tooth and all the teeth, all the sweet teeth, <laughs> are going to want uh, some sweet tea and cake and everything because, um, you know, alcohol— It won't be satisfied, yeah. Yeah, it turns to sugar in your body. Now I'm not even getting that accidental future sugar. <laughs> that's right. The sugar area of your system is going to be like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, anytime I stop drinking, it is— uh, I'm just, as I fall asleep, I'm counting Snickers ice cream bars, jumping over a fence. <laughs> oh, so you don't, so that's good to hear that you, ba well, you believe that basically the reason you don't have a sweet tooth is because you're satisfying it with a little beersy beers here and there. Yeah, yeah, or, or I'm afraid uh, some of the clear liquors, your vodkas. I don't have a sure. problem. I don't think, I maybe a little bit, but I that is one of the main reasons I'm doing this diet. It resets your body according to the website. Sure. And uh, <laughs> makes it very difficult to make meals, which I'm <laughs> looking forward to. But I also feel like I I could use no alcohol for a month or maybe more. It'll definitely be a nice system reset. Yeah. I mean, that's always good to just, you know, for three months or however long you decide to do it. Yeah, you just I'm doing it. Clean it out. And I have to tell you, and we were talking about this earlier, but I have quit sugar multiple times. And the first two weeks are very difficult. And yeah. it's just because we're, we don't understand how much sugar we are constantly taking in. But, if you can make sure that you're still getting salt and you're still getting electrolytes and you're still getting right. certain things, the, it'll make those withdrawals less bad because they're pretty bad. Yeah, I bet I'm going to experience it just because of how much sugar is in whatever goddess dressing or the things I <laughs> eat all the time and I don't realize, you know how I'm a bit of a goddess. It's you... god Goddess are nothing for me. You can take that yeah. olive oil and vinegar and get toss it in the trash. I'm a goddess boy. But you I, love those herbs. Yeah, I love herbs. I love it. Uh, but I'm, yeah, I'm going to notice how much sugar I have been taking in. I don't know. I'm. T this is a new thing. I got health insurance. I'm going to do a diet thing. Not going to drink. The good part of it is once you get past those two weeks, and this was the thing that really, really blew my mind kind of every time. Once you get past the two weeks and you just like, you just gut it out, you feel unbelievably yeah. great. It's not easy to get to that point, but then once you get to that point, that craving thing gets turned off. Right. So it's out of your system. And then if you can just keep on, and then that's the challenge, is then you just keep on not having those things. You don't put it back into the system. You, you're you fine. Right. 
and you have tons of energy. You'll notice like your attitude might have a, a like an upswing or your, you know, if you have any kind of like depressive tendencies, oh, I do. they're gone. Yeah. Okay. You know, I'm excited. Then. Like that. That's yeah. why I'm doing this. Cause I, and you probably did this before too, when like 10 years ago, it was like a cult. It's that, that master cleanse thing that was the, oh, yeah. it was like, syrup and cayenne pepper and lemon water and i was yep. bringing a bag of lemons with me everywhere like a <laughs> weird little farmer and making but trying to do that i was still doing shows and i was doing but i did that for 15 days like that was too long to do it i remember my arms got all tiny and i had <laughs> energy but it was like manic i felt like i was kind of going crazy yeah and I don't. Th I think this will be the good version of that. Like I'm not going to be drinking syrup and cayenne. I can't believe I even did that. Uh, that thing too. That that was big. I remember I had a job where people started doing that, and then it was like, oh, you're not doing it. There was like a lot of pressure. Yeah, and kind of Judgment. like you should do it, and mm -hmm. why aren't you doing? Where it's just like, sorry, I can't just drink that weird water all day long. Like I that won't. I won't do well on just weird water. Um, but it is fun. Like, I remember when I did, I think it was The Zone, <laughs> the first time I did The Zone. Um, so I was just basically eating, like, steak and almonds or, like, steak and broccoli or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. just real basic. And after about a week, I remember Nate Larson, who I worked with at the time. We were both in the kitchen at work. And I was like, he was the writer's assistant. And I was just like, hey, so we got to do it. And I was like, right. kind of like just ticking off this list of stuff we had to take care of. And he goes, what's going on? And I go, oh, I, I'm on the zone. And he goes, oh, that's why you're in go mode. Oh, <laughs> wow. The, the phrase always stuck in my head because I was like, yeah, I'm not like dragging my ass trying to like chug coffee so that I have energy and like clarity. All of a sudden it's like it's there and I'm like being kidnapped by my own energy. Like the energy is just going and I'm just kind of like, here we go. <laughs> Here's what it'd be like if I had energy all the time. Yeah. It's a nightmare. Yeah, because it's not like positive energy. It is just <laughs> manic. What I remember just having, uh, yeah, talking a mile a minute because I think that my brain was starving, if that's a thing you can do. Yeah, it absolutely yeah. is. That's the, if we're going to talk about dieting this much, we should absolutely be talking about the downside of dieting, which is A, you are starving your brain and your brain does shrink when you diet and when you restrict calories and food. And B, you fuck up your metabolism. And sometimes, like when I was doing that no sugar, no flour off and on all the time, yeah, yeah. I fucked my metabolism up so that when you stop again, you immediately gain weight and it becomes way harder right. to lose it. Yeah, I just know that this thing that I'm doing seems very similar to the diet I went on when, back when I had full body pain and they just said, oh, you have arthritis and you'll have it forever. And then some friend of mine, their wife was like a dietitian, and she said, oh, just do the no gluten, no dairy, no sugar thing. And all my pain went away. And that yeah. was just eating, getting organic veggies and meats and making soups and not having bread and sugar. And it turned my life around. Yeah. I've, so I think I'm kind of treating it like it's that. I'm excited, actually. You should. I think it's, there's so many things these days that really do, like, the second I stopped eating gluten, which was, a, it's about a month ago. It's a 
total game changer. I could tell the difference like within yeah. three days. It was crazy how different I felt. You're doing that um, now? Yeah, I just, because I it, I got really sick one night and that's, I traced it back to like, oh, this is because I ate too much like bready things. Yeah, I Bre- didn't even- Bready Yes, <laughs> great writer. Uh, I, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I feel like I didn't quite believe that's what was helping me, but sure enough, if you're in a situation where it's like, hey, we're ordering a pizza and it was, it's like, well, I'm not going to be a weirdo if that's what everyone's ordering, I'll have a slice of pizza. The next day, my arms, it hurt. Like it was, yeah. I was on purpose troubleshooting with slowly make, because they told me like, don't all of a sudden start eating normal. Because like you said, you'll all of a sudden have inflammation and stuff. I could feel it happening. It took like a full year before I became a sloppy little pig again. <laughs> well, but <laughs> it's not it, like you're not a sloppy little pig. The situation of our, the state of our country and world right now, and the way we mainline bad news, like you have to cope in some way. So there's lots of different ways to do it. You're very good about exercising, but you know, but you're actually sensitive. I think you're probably gluten sensitive. Like you, you might want to get tested for that. Yeah, I never have. The grain part. It's an allergy. So you're just having an allergic reaction. And the good news is you can, so many places do like, almost every pizza place now has gluten-free pizza. Yeah, and when I did this diet, that was not, you could maybe get gluten-free bread, but it just fell apart like a dandelion when you, yeah. <laughs> like it, it, they're way better at it now. Cause that was like 10 years ago when I had that full body oh, yeah. attack. Yeah, no, the, the, there's a place in the Valley and I actually sent my niece who has celiacs. I sent her the postcard when they sent it to me, when it opened, it's called bread block and it's a bakery where every single thing is gluten-free and they make sandwiches and they make desserts and they make just baguettes and all yeah. this stuff. And all of it is safe. Yeah, because what I am bad about is making my own food. Because I live alone. Who makes a whole meal? And then, what am I in? The the guy from The Last of Us? Uh, (laughs) You know, just making my own meal and listening to classical music. But I... I, the Eating eating out of a can. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you mean Nick Offerman's episode? Yeah, Nick Offerman. Making those beautiful meals? Yeah, yeah. God, I love that episode. Uh, Anyway, I... Yeah, I immediately, when I was researching this diet, uh, or just the other... This is my first day doing it. I'm getting ahead of myself. But I, I looked up restaurants that honor it and fucking like cheesecake factories on there. The, yeah. There's things you can order that are compliant with this thing. But it's so yeah. funny. It's like Olive Garden, Cheesecake Factory, places that I, because I know I'm going to break down and want to go have someone hand me food. I'm bad at yes. food preparation. Yes. It's hard. I mean, yeah. and also like it's, um, there's an emotional component to food and you can't give up food like you give up alcohol. So there's lots of things attached to it. And like you and I have talked about, like having moms that are bad cooks make eating like this reward that or like, I get to have something. And it's like most people that don't have that relationship are just like, yeah, it's lunch. It's not a big deal. This isn't going to make your dreams come true. But that's not how it is for me. Because like, I would just be home alone after school being like, what can I do to make 
you know, this school day go away? Yeah. What can I do to make Gilligan's Island a little bit more delicious? Yeah. And I opened my fridge and it's just an opened tub of tofu. <laughs> and I think I, that's when I'm like, I think the answer is going to my friend Andy who lives down the street and the Schwann's man drops off frozen burritos at his house. And we what? Oh, yeah. From, he had burrito delivery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just threw it in his chimney. And, Wait. Uh, Wait, what's a Schwann's man? Yeah, maybe that's a mid, uh, I almost said, Montana is not in the Midwest, but it's up there and <laughs> yeah. uh, it's real it's close near. to it. But yeah, it's yeah. a truck with a giant swan on the side, a refrigerated truck, and they drop off uh, food that children can prepare in latchkey <laughs> situations. No. Microwavable, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was the Schwann, it was, you know, ice cream and things that are, that you put in a freezer. But my buddy Andy had all that stuff, and I didn't have that stuff at my mm -mm. house. So I would, yeah, I'd just go to a friend's house, and they'd have cereal. That why is there aluminum foil inside your cereal box? And it's like, oh, you're about to have your mind blown, guy that grew <laughs> up on muesli and and you know fruit and fiber. Yeah, yeah, all bran. Here, have your all bran. Well, no, I would like corn pops which used to be called in the 70s sugar corn pops. They kicked that sugar off there, but it's still it's still on the corn pops, but it's just off the front of the box. Yeah, that the only reason I remember that is there was a commercial where the Pops bear was skateboarding and he was <laughs> like in the forest and he did a 360 flip and I'm like, okay, I better start eating that cereal apparently. <laughs> Makes you figure out tray flips. Was his name Pops, that bear? I think it was Pops. I don't even remember if he's a bear. He could have been a toucan, but he's a great skateboarder. No, that's that. that's Fruit Loops. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Follow I think my he nose. was a. I think he was a bear. <laughs> yeah, because I think he was kind of a stoner. Yeah, or am I thinking of Yogi Bear? Am I just like? I think you're him? thinking of smoking weed out of a honey bear. <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking of Brad Pitt's best character work. Honey bear stoner guy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm going to look it up. Sugar pops bear. Yeah, we have to. And if you put in skateboarding, you will find that I am not telling tales out of school. Sugar. Oh, that's sugar smacks bear. Wait, we might be thinking of. Is it? Smacks. I'm thinking of this guy. Smacks is a frog, I think. Wait. Yeah, he's always smacking his frog lips. What cereal <laughs> did sugar bear represent? Post sugar. <laughs> Post super sugar crisp. Oh, that was the, the wheat puffs. Oh, mm, I didn't. I didn't like that cereal. Yeah, I don't know that it was ever made it into my house. That's you know I'm not talking total sugar smack about my mom because <laughs> yes, there she was not a passionate food preparer, but that's because unlike any other moms on my block she was like a, a vegetarian pita person and imagine how hard that is in small town montana there's like one grocery store that has carob chips or whatever they i uh Ugh. i understand why there wasn't like hey let me whip up a meal for my kids it was hard you enough have a lot of options did you have to eat like a lot of eggplant yes stuff like that Ugh nightmare yeah and man is it slimy all that stuff eggplant tofu all that stuff that is a slippery wet sponge you gotta really know what you're doing i didn't have good yes. tofu till the other week someone at sage <laughs> i blew my mind i'm like i am 
craving after these pieces of tofu. I don't, they like, they, they had varied texture in the middle. It was like firm. I don't know what they did. I was like bothering the staff. What do you do with this tofu? They're like, what are you talking about? I don't know. I'm, it's not it's none of your business. Just can I buy it. it in bulk? I'd like a bucket <laughs> of tofu. And they, they just ended up pushing me out. You don't even need to pay. Please leave. Wait, that's a vegetarian restaurant near you? Yeah, Sage is like a vegan place. And it's the good kind of tofu, not the fucking, you know, for a while they we, they were telling us it's bad because of certain GMO soy. I don't know. I don't want to get into that snooze festival. But <laughs> this was like really good. I It was just last week that I had my first good dose of tofu. Back in the day... It just makes sense that there was there weren't a lot of options and the options that were there were not great. Like I'll never forget getting taken to the movies by our family friend and they were hippies. They didn't have kids. So we would like sometimes they'd hang out with us to be like, yep, that's right. We don't want kids. And we went to the <laughs> movies with them one time and I was like, we getting popcorn. Like we're going through the lobby and I'm like not stopping at the, okay. And so we get inside and um, Ellen <laughs> pulls out, remember those sesame sticks that yes, were like, of course. and that's what she hands me as this is my movie candy. And I was like, why not just slap me in the face? I, I don't want this. And no one wants it. <laughs> they don't, we children don't want these. We don't want carob. No, this is for adults pretending. Don't make children do it. It's not fair. I've eaten so many of those sweet, I don't know what it, honey and covered in sesame seeds. Yeah. It's like an accident that happened on a counter and someone accidentally <laughs> put it in their mouth. And then said, this'll do. This'll do. Yeah, my, I had, I ate a lot of those in my, my house. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I'll, Upset. No, but now I'm thankful for it. I think it's really cool. And this was when PETA wasn't like, you know, kind of, Going off the deep end, it seems a little. This was like, it was cool that my mom, like, we had pictures of chickens. At one point, there was a, I have vague memories of this, but there was an actual turkey or rooster in my backyard. I think it was like a fostering oh. program. Oh. There And there, my mom put, you know, money from her paycheck towards uh, protecting these animals. At the time, I wasn't even paying attention or I thought it was weird, but now it's one of the coolest things that I remember doing. It, it was, um, but anyway, I mean, the point is I was starving, man. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was one of the coolest things. A cooler thing would have been just a grilled cheese sandwich or yeah. something, you know, let's just, get, let's get reasonable. I did. I do think we had cheese. It was more of like a vegetarian thing. So I'd eat cheese and go out and try and stay high to the turkey and he'd attack me. I think that's no. why I'm okay with eating turkeys. That, that turkey was so mean. He looked like a big dinosaur. They're not nice. They're <laughs> no, really they unattractive. Hate, they hate us. They I hate mean, us. I'm not saying diets should be a vendetta, uh, but man, I've had <laughs> enough turkeys wrong me that I have a nice, good Thanksgiving every year. And I'm sorry if you're out there. <laughs> you should not be eating Thanksgiving turkey laughing and saying this is what you deserve. But, <laughs> yeah. but you're not wrong if you do. That's what yeah. we're saying. Yeah. But, you know, I am confronted by uh, eating the pigs because they're sweet. And, uh, you know, I and just smart. asked George Clooney. Yeah. And they're smart. They're, yeah. they're smart as a seven-year-old child. They'll also, if you take a dead pig and throw them in their little pig pen, they will eat. They will become cannibals. They'll eat it. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> they know how good pigs are to eat. Yeah. Just like a seven-year-old kid. 
<laughs> it's, it's, I just wish that my, it's like, at least your mom was like, oh, we're a vegetarian family or I'm doing a specific thing or I care about animals. My parents were doing a very kind of a lazy, like, oh, this is what's going on culturally here in the 70s. So we'll do a version of it, um, but not full. So like we had the peanut butter that you had to stir yourself with the oil, which right. is Adams. truly one of the grossest things. Yes. Sure. Just, first of all, it's very difficult to stir. Yeah. So if you're like an eight-year-old trying to make a peanut butter sandwich after school, you would get oil all over yourself. And then once you ate it, you were just like, thanks for nothing. Yeah. Because it was just like smashed up peanuts. It was, there was no. And then your mom's like, who bent the butter knife? (laughs) It was the thick peanut butter, mother. You bought it, mother, not I. (laughs) Or we just would eat saltines. And that to this day, I know it's a psychological connection because when I feel like especially stressed or don't know what to do, I begin to crave saltines. Like, there's nothing better than just sitting down with a sleeve of saltines and eating a shit ton of them. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. And I, I've spent an entire winter where, because the saltines were free in Bend, Oregon, when I snowboarded every day at Mount Bachelor, <laughs> they had saltines that were like, well, we can give these away. And every day that's why I ate for lunch. And they're free condiments. <laughs> I... I would have textured vegetable protein, something my mother sent with me. It was a powder. You add water and form it into patties. Uh-uh. I'd literally put those in my pocket and then go up to the ski area. This is so bad. And make little sandwiches with the saltines and eat them right by the trash can. And that's all I needed. I would be up hiking and jumping and snowboarding all day. All I have, That's all I had that whole winter is some TVP and some free condiments and saltine sleeves. Shit. I mean, that TVP or whatever you're saying it was, TVP, th- it must have gotten the job done, though, because that that fueled you. Yeah, I was up there all winter. I had a, By the end, I had an empty bag, and I, I don't think I ever complained about being hungry. But I, I didn't have money to eat out. But Yeah. My mom used to tell me stories of when she was in nursing school and she had no money. Um, they used to go to diners and order a cup of coffee and a bowl of hot water and then put ketchup in the hot water and drink it like a tomato soup. Oh, my God. We were so uh, poor. Yes. <laughs> I, I come from very poor, poor people. And this is going to gross you out, but I've already gone down it, this road <laughs> in the apartment that I lived in that winter. There was a 7-Eleven around the corner, and I would go and what the, the employee there would take smoke breaks and then an employee would come in, and so she'd put her, her like misty slam in the in the ashtray, and I'd go run and take it, and run back to my apartment and smoke her half smoked cigarette. What a, I mean, and then you know, like I told you before, I'd go next door and uh, brand or pierce my neighbor friends that were taking their cough medicine. I think I was like, I I was uh, I was a fringe of society type kid. That's ridiculous. Absolutely. But, but I was happy. But you didn't shoplift. It sounds like you didn't shoplift. Oh, I've never. I've never stolen anything. I stole one whistle that goes, <laughs> and I, my dad's just like, I didn't buy you that whistle. And we had to go back to the store, and I returned the whistle, at which point Oof. I got in trouble for stealing it. I stole one time, when I was little, I stole a Jolly Rancher single. So I think at the time they were three cents, no joke. Yeah. And I stole it 
because <laughs> I was with, uh, I didn't have money on me and we were with like, we were staying at our neighbors for the weekend and I just couldn't, we had to go get their mom something at our corner store. And I was like, I can't come here and not have candy. Like it's what I get to have. So yeah. I just took one. And then I felt so guilty for like the full week that at the end of the week, I had to confess to my mother. And she's like, well, then now we have to go back and you have to tell Jim Aegis that you stole something. And it uh. was horrifying because we would go to Aegis's and buy candy every goddamn day. And so they were the nicest people that owned the store. And then I'm like, I walked in and I was, I was six years old probably. And I walked in and then kind of looked around and I just walked back out. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah, I can't do it. I can't tell him. But of course, she'd already had the conversation with him. Like they are, they all knew that I did. Yeah, I think my my whistle return was a setup. Also, <laughs> they knew I was coming. <laughs> but I've always thought if you do take something like a whistle, you're going to end up choking on it. My friends, uh, that's true. The skate shop. One day, my sweet friend Zach, that started the skate shop, I went with my friend, and it was a friend that I wasn't super close with. And they, it was open. They didn't lock it. And he grabbed a skateboard off the wall. And I, you know, it was like fifth, sixth grade or something. I didn't want to say anything. And I just convinced him that if he did skate that board, he was going to break his ankle. It yep. would come with it, a darkness. And he <laughs> wouldn't, you're going to break your ankle if you skate that. And I said it enough that we we went back and he returned it. And nothing Good. was, he didn't, yeah, yeah. It's like, sorry, I came in and I grabbed this, but here you go. And Zach didn't say anything, put it back on the wall. That was a long time oh. ago. Any of my friends that heard that do not know about that story. That's also, I like that you were morally centered, which probably is was from your mom, right? Yeah, it and, seems my, like, and my dad, yeah. And your dad, well, yeah, of course your dad. But, uh, but then also, I think that idea is true. I think I've told this story at least 10 times on this podcast, but... Um, my later in life stealing was I got this job at a coffee shop in my, like I was 19. It was when I'd flunked out of college. Everything was a little dark. And I convinced myself like, oh, they barely pay me, you know, because I think it was like four seventy five an hour was the minimum wage or whatever. And so I took um, a $20 bill. If I ever closed, I would take a $20 bill. Right. And then I would buy beer with it. But I only did it two times. And then the guy that was the manager goes, and, and I think this is a setup. I think he just said this so I would stop doing it because who else did it? He goes, there was a father and son that cleaned the this cafe. And he said to me, he goes, we have, we're short in the till. I think it's, I think it's the custodian. I think he's stealing. And I was oh. like, I like wanted to throw up on the spot. And of course. I stopped doing it. I oh. didn't admit it though. I didn't do the truly brave thing and admit it. I just stopped doing well, it. Well, how, what were you, 22 or something? 19. Oh, see, then it's even more excusable. I was, <laughs> when I was, when I was doing this nefarious, picking up cigarette butts and drinking 40s and eating saltine sleeves, I was like, I was already at the age people have started careers. I think I was like 24. Thank God oh. I turned my life around to be yeah, a pr you did. productive you really did. member of society I am today. <laughs> I'm off crackers. I'm off the cigs. <laughs> I'm off crackers. I'm proud to say I've quit crackers. I don't hold uh, wire hangers over a gas stove and burn designs on a stranger's back. <laughs> <laughs> was that something you did? Yeah, it was like he wanted like a, a cross of some kind. As a wound? As a brand? Yeah, I don't. It, it probably doesn't look good today. 
Well, he took it like a champ and he wanted me to do it. And I was like, sure. And then it became the, uh, this is such a weird confession, but yes, I knowingly and purposefully burnt a friend's back. But well, per his request. Yeah, but I could have said no. You know, there was really no peers around that were laying down heavy pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, where was the Chris Fairbanks that guilted his friend into returning his skateboard? He was gone. Yeah, yeah. For the branding session. I'm like, only good things can come out of this. Now this is going to hurt. Bite down on this (laughs) length of leather. I always kept one in my pocket. (laughs) And I burned his back. It was so... But yes, he wanted me to... You want me to do it. It was a weird time. It was a weird time. I mean, it's always a weird time. I used to make my roommate Dave cut my hair. Like, I would get drunk and I'd be like, you have to give me a bob. And he'd be like, I don't know how to cut hair. Your hair's <laughs> too thick. And I'd be like, just do it. And then I would have like a super misshapen, but cute 90s bob. Yeah. As long as yeah. you weren't looking straight at, you know, from either side, it would look good. Well, I always just kept my head at a slight tilt, like, huh? I just, I look like, huh, all the time. (laughs) Karen, do you have a question? Nope, it's just my hair. Yeah, yeah, it's just an uneven haircut. I'm not interested in what you're saying. I'm not deep in thought. (laughs) Also, (laughs) I would would cut my own bangs. Man, that was a difficult... Oh, that's classically what you're not supposed to do. You cannot do it. And in the 90s, baby bangs became very popular, but... The delineating factor there was you had to be in, in it, like basically a model to pull off baby bangs because they were like, you know, if your normal bangs sit directly above your eyebrows, baby bangs it was like, take those up an inch. So you literally just look like a mental patient. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And plus, I have always had a big round face, which also is like baby bangs. Really, that ain't it. So <laughs> <laughs> every time they like that. After I would do it, and I'd be like, tiny bangs, everybody, I'm hip. And people would be like, whoa. Like, I've had people, like, recoil after I cut my own bang. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like the very unsuccessful times I shaved off my eyebrows. One, they don't come. <laughs> that's uh, You're looking at three months before they come back. Easily. And you look like an extra from Children of the Corn. If you, if you do your bangs, you mess with your eyebrows, anything that you do at home, uh, without having any knowledge, you will look like a children of the corn. You will you will be from the cornfields. Wait, why would you shave your eyebrows off? Oh, that was just to, to be silly. Oh, oh. Yeah. That was, you gotcha. know, at a time, dyeing hair and, you know. Um, yeah, that's... Yeah, it was a poor choice. It. it was knowingly, I'm going to do something dumb and make my friends laugh, shave off the eyebrows. <laughs> Also, I didn't have, I always had kind of a blonde, wispy, Trump comb over eyebrows, so no mm. one really missed them. They didn't turn into the predominant uh, Colin Farrells you see up here today, these Peter Gallagher I'm, I mustaches, but I, yeah. Yeah, they're they, huge. Yeah, I can't even imagine huge. you not having You know eyebrows. any emotion I'm feeling by simply looking above my eyeballs. Wait, so now that we're speaking of this, can we just dip into a Colin Farrell moment really quick? Yes, yes. First of all, did we talk about and did you watch Banshees of Inisherin? Yes, and it, my phone knows I, I watched it and I'm getting a lot of uh, interviews <laughs> with him and that other actor whose name I don't know, like them having their Brenda their Gleason. friendship. I'm like, yeah, Gleason, their, their real life friendship. Why he's friends with him. He had told sweet stories about how he you know, 
is a good friend. I They are like the sweetest uh, friend couple. And, yes. Uh, There's also a really good interview with him and Jamie Lee Curtis. She's interviewing um, Colin Farrell for like some magazine or some whatever. And it's a very, like, clearly Jamie Lee Curtis loves Colin Farrell. And so there's a lot of kind of like flirty tension, um, which of course he's very good at because clearly that's all he does all day, every day, all yeah. of his life. Um, I had a dream about, Col I had a dream Colin Farrell was following me around and wouldn't leave me alone. <laughs> And he was like, in the dream, I knew it was him, but he was like, wherever we were, we were supposed to be doing something else because all my dreams are always like task oriented. Yeah. It's like, right now we're at this bus station and we're supposed to get on this bus. So now you have to find a ticket and there's people from high school in that line. So you might want to avoid them yeah. and blah, blah. It's always that kind of, you know, weird, dumb tasks. And at this, wherever, whatever that was, I think we were in a, ho a hotel lobby and he showed up and it was like, Karen, I have to talk to you. And it was this thing where it was like, I knew it was him, but it's, it wasn't him because I was like, all right, I, we'll talk about that later. Like I was trying to get away from him and it was so hilarious. But then when I woke up, I was like, God, he was into me. It was like a real, um, it was like a fake kind of a confidence dream. Yeah, you weren't being like, yourself in that because I know you have as big a crush on him as I do Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> Yes, I love him, but it wasn't, he didn't have the same like celebrity energy that he right. had the, the day that I saw him at the Arclight when he was wearing a girl's headband and weird eyeglasses um, where <laughs> you like, you could, I felt him coming from a hundred yards away because he is a true and legit celebrity. In this dream, he was kind of like someone I already knew that was already bugging me. So yeah. I was just kind of like, okay, that's enough. I have to get a bus ticket. Yeah. It was like one of those kinds of things. And when I woke up, I was like, God, he loved me. It was great. Yeah. And I'm not going to retell any of my uh, American Outlaws, Scorpions, Gangster. <laughs> I'm not going to tell any of that. But it is Please. my only time seeing him <laughs> in a, on, on a day-to-day -day basis. But I was an extra. I was never in any of the buildings. I'm just in the background doing mundane tasks in the heat. So I didn't realize... I knew that, you know, like Timothy Dalton and Kathy Bates were the big actors in the movie, but he was just a friendly guy with an Irish accent. I didn't know it was his. He was the lead of this, uh, mm. admittedly, not good film. But I was, He wasn't famous, famous yet. No, and he was so nice. He would say hi all the time. He was the one that said, hey, if... Uh, if they ever say we need someone to go up and, and speak a line, even if it's not recorded, you get a bump in your money that day. Like he just unsolicited because I was standing there. I'm like, thanks, friendly, handsome guy. And I didn't I didn't know he was famous. He wasn't acting famous. Everyone was like happy to see him. He was like hugging the whole staff. Uh, every time you saw him, I was like, that guy I like a lot. And then he became a movie star. And I think I had something to do with that. I think you I think your energy that you gave him and the, that you took from him propelled him to the top. But you know what? I think that's you've told me that story I many times, but I but <laughs> I'm t I'm only saying I love hearing it because I always focus on the scorpion in your No, boat, I, did, and I wasn't I don't even really, going to bring that up. <laughs> I, 
but it, but it, Chris did get a scorpion in his boot. If you're, if this is the first episode of this podcast you ever listened to, please go back to episode one because we've been talking about yes, this shit yeah. for and a while. It wasn't while. even my boot. It bypassed the boot, <laughs> went up the pant leg, got me on the knee. It was heading towards my genitals. I don't know what its its ultimate plan was, but it's very painful. And you, it's, yeah, episode two, 12, 33. <laughs> 1896. St- I've told all the parts about him being nice on set and f- friendly to everyone. Everyone loved him. You have told those. Damn it. it. It just didn't sink in. And maybe it was just like the scorpion focus. I was just like, get back to the scorpion guy. But I was ripping myself off in that because if you told me, if you heard a story that Colin Farrell is kind of a douchebag, you'd be like, well, yeah, because he's a super hot, famous guy that's been famous since he was 18 or something. Like, that's par for the course. That just, like, most people don't handle fame well. And it's almost like, wait, this is boots-on-the-ground proof that our boy, Colin Farrell, has been the real deal since day one and been actively trying to, in the job, trying to be a cool person. Yeah, he was super sweet. He was wearing boots, too. (laughs) (laughs) And there was a water tower at the end. So they built this. I've talked about that. I'm so sorry. This was so many years ago, but it was I a neat experience. I remember water tower part. And there were they. They knocked it. They destroyed this whole town. Like it was a whole city that they built, and in the end, they burnt it down. Rather than shooting a better western there, but the first thing they did <laughs> is knock down this water tower, and it burst everywhere, and water rushed down the road. I vividly remember that. I have this. I have this thing for water towers. What is the name of that movie? It is called American Outlaws. I would <laughs> I have to watch to it watch with it. you to pause and see that blurry guy in the background. Uh, see, they cut right before I pull my pants down screaming. <laughs> I would. <laughs> oh, there's an American Outlaws grill. What? In honor of the movie? I don't, Hold on a second, because in that when I just Google searched it. Um, Wait, that's sugar, sugar smacks bear. Hold on. American <laughs> Outlaws. There. <laughs> I mean, it's about the same group as Young Guns. It was like a, a low budget Young Guns. Here's the first thing that actually comes up for this movie. Because the, the picture is up there for the 2001 film. But sure. the, the first, we, we might as well mention that the American Outlaws is a nonprofit group dedicated to organized support for the men's, women's, and youth U.S. soccer teams. Oh, wow. I wonder why they call themselves outlaws when they're doing something that is not only legal, but helpful for the children. Is it it because (laughs) it's because they kick is too much kicking? Yeah, they're only Uh, outlaws if they use their hands, if if I'm correct about the rules (laughs) of soccer. Also, wait, there's a going down further... They're an unofficial supporters group for the United States men's soccer, national soccer team and the women's, and have been described as a raucous group of U.S. supporters by ESPN. So I I thought I was doing a really nice service for it's a nonprofit group, but they're just fans. <laughs> and they and they have their own grill. Oh yeah, where is the grill? Hold on, <laughs> maybe I just misread something because now it's all this movie. Oh, Scott Kahn was the co-star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've talked about him. Yeah, that's the guy I I, I wanted to you know talk about old times, and he thought I was a real weirdo. He didn't act like <laughs> Colin Farrell at all. He's like hit the bricks. <laughs> Did I just like hallucinate that? I'm scrolling a lot, and nothing like that is coming up. Well, we should go. 
sit down when I'm done with my grueling diet, go to the American Outlaws Grill and start <laughs> our Colin Farrell specific side podcast. <laughs> Just to tell you to, at the top of every podcast, you tell that story of how he helped you try to get a five and under. You go American in Outlaws. with your, your solid eyebrow material. Yep. I'm, I think we got a whole season. I think it's easy to, this would be easy and fun. And then we can talk about, um, it's his eyebrows, your eyebrows. Of course, I have plenty of stories of fucking up my own eyebrows. I mean, this is, people love shit like this. They love it. They're loving this right now. This, what we're doing This is, second. It's perfect podcasting. We are going to get so many messages about this being our best episode yet. <laughs> it's going to blow your bangs back. <laughs> They're going to go baby bang again, and I won't be able Speaking to handle of, it. I've been wanting to ask, you've said baby bangs a lot. Was there a doll where you could cut the doll's hair and it would grow back? You know, and baby bangs. Yes. And eventually, no. so I imagine the doll itself was filled with hair and it was just, you pull it out and then cut it. And once the doll runs out of hair, you throw it away. Um, there was a doll. I will say this without looking because I started to look it up. And I will tell you this, that I remember like the tactile experience. There was a doll in the 70s where you could make her ponytail long and I don't know how they, the the hair went back in, but I remember pulling the hair out Abusively. to give a longer, longer, longer ponytail. And it was like the, you could hear the clicking in the doll's head oh, of the God. hair coming out, and you could make give her shorter, long hair. I'm sorry, but doll, if from tilting them back and the eyes close, it starts with that, my fear of dolls. And this has nothing to do with Chucky or Megan. But I'm so scared of doll. My sister and I in our house, I think we finally buried it. There was a doll that would laugh. And here's oh. how the laugh went. <laughs> that's, that's exactly how it went. Lisa, if you're listening, let me know if I got the song wrong. But it was horrifying. A horrifying yep. laughing doll that I thought was possessed. I... I and my 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 sister hated it too, and it was her doll. They yeah. just did too many creepy things with dolls. Okay, and I will hear it now and follow up with this was a doll I got for Christmas one year, and it was called like Baby Crawl Away or something. And this was a baby on all fours with, and all of its joints were kind of like mechanized. And if you turned it on, it was like a battery thing, and then it could crawl and it would like crawl around. And I don't know, you're supposed to fucking follow it or like make sure it didn't fall into a bathtub or something. But or out in the street. And you couldn't like if you held the doll like a like a kid would hold a doll, it hurt because it was so hard plastic mechanized. It was like not made for actual doll use. And I remember <laughs> I was probably six. I, every I feel like every memory, I think I'm six years old, but I was in bed and it was the middle of the night. I was asleep and that fucking doll turned on and it, it crawled. So it was like, cause like huge mechanization inside the doll. And it said stuff while it was crawling. And it was one of the scariest, like I had to wake up, calm myself down, turn the doll off and then like, be like, it's just a doll. You're fine. And like, basically 
not, I couldn't hold the doll for comfort. I just had to be like, turn away from the doll and be like, it's fine. It was just a, it just turned on accidentally. It's one of the scariest things that ever happened to me. Yeah, that's horrifying. That's straight yeah. out of Poltergeist. At that point, when we were horrified by these dolls, there were, there was yet to be any doll based other than your the, the ter- trinid trilogy of terror or whatever. <laughs> that was yes. more of a voodoo sculpture. But yes. the, that, I, dolls are horrifying. Baby dolls and then baby dolls and then kick it. All of a sudden, the battery kicks in in the middle of the night, and you think you want it. Be and the only reason you actually want it is because it's the only thing there's a commercial for on your like Saturday morning cartoons. It would be like that would be the doll. So there's one doll that you feed, and then there's you know your sister's doll. What it was laughing or whatever. Baby alive. Was it Baby Alive? God, I think that's Baby Crawl Away, Baby Alive. Who names? Well, it's a baby, and we're, we want it to be alive. Baby Alive. Let's not <laughs> think alive. about it anymore. Put it on the that's, shelves. That's a good name for a girl. Baby yeah. Alive. Make sure that it's uh, rigid and you can pinch <laughs> your skin and its joints when it crawls Literally. in your... Yeah. You, it was the kind of thing where it was like the first night of going to bed with your new doll and you're just like, well, you're horrible to touch. So yeah. that's bad for a doll. That's, yeah. We're starting bad. Yeah. I don't want to sound like a bad mother, but my baby is smoking. The, the engine has <laughs> shorted out. Yeah, Who did this? I played with a lot of doll. You know, my sister was older and that's where the toys in the basement, she included me. I'm, you know, I've been open about my... Uh, not only dollhouse construction, but actual, I don't know if I've told you, but I did play a lot with uh, dolls. So, Yeah, well, you had to, if little brothers, that uh, that's the burden and or freedom of a little brother. Right. Is that you you have to do girl stuff. You're forced to be aware of girl I loved it. lifestyle. I'm it's so glad. Fun. Yeah, she included me. I did throw um, them down the stairs and do boy things, I guess. But sure. I'm so you couldn't glad. help it. I just but let me just let me just show you dolls. really quick. When I looked up the the first doll we were talking about, which is, can you was there a doll that you could cut its hair? Yes, I know there had to be. The, well, the first thing that came up was mannequin head hair, but this is this was to this is to train hairdressers. But look at how hilarious those pictures are! Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> Mannequin it's, head hair. It's it's to you know safely train hairdressers to have horrid nightmares. Yeah, <laughs> here, here, here. Do what you can with this man. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, that's like a month's worth of training right there. <laughs> also, as a hairdresser, you have to cut men's beards. Isn't uh, that you did their back in the day. I mean. I never ask for it, but I usually get a... The only place I grow a beard is the back of my neck. There's an unsolicited... You know, they just... That, that looks like a, <laughs> a, a, a police sketch. <laughs> and it's supposed to prepare you for a career. It also kind of looks like a Christmas wreath at the same time. <laughs> well, I can't believe our best episode ever is coming to a close. I know that was really we gave it our all and we really what I like about us and this podcast is, is it we the really preparation it's the preparation it's the research um <laughs> how much we share about our diets <laughs> diet tips ridic it is ridiculous but I had fun these are my the for me the funnest episodes always the fun well because they're the easiest right yeah but also 
you know, listener, if you haven't seen American Outlaw, the 2001 <laughs> film starring Outlaw, Chris Fairbanks. Plural. Yes, yeah. Outlaws. I'm, a, I'm an extra. Sorry. I'm not. I'm not in. I'm not. It's not in my IMDb. It fell through we call the cracks. Him, he's the the fourth lead, I believe, is what he's referred to. On I IMDb. was socially one of the leaders of the group of extras, <laughs> and it was upwards to 300 people in the back of a truck. So uh, that did not make it into the credits, though. But. It, <laughs> It's my first. I made some people laugh, and I immediately started doing stand-up. Thank you, yeah. American Outlaws, the film. I'm sorry I used the wrong outhouse, <laughs> which was meant for the director of the movie. I got yelled at. Who was the director? I we... made Flubber. Oh, he did? Yeah, I never, never worked again. Hold on, I'm getting... I got to get back to the film really quick. <laughs> it's got 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. 14%? Yeah. No one during... The, there wasn't an applause break when they rapped. There was never like, hey, I think we're making some real good art here. Just people... No, no one made eye contact. It was very solemn, but Colin Farrell was there to make everyone happy because he's a sweet, sweet man. Eyebrows. Yes. Um, do you Do you remember the motto of American Outlaws? Um... <laughs> Sometimes family, something about family? No. It's bad is good again. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. Bad is good again. And then the picture of the three of these, of four of these guys absolutely looks like modern day dudes dressed yeah. in old fashioned clothes. That's my favorite. Like Colin Farrell's hair is absolutely from 2001. It's yeah, hilarious. Yeah. They didn't even try to make him look, look Western <laughs> or scrappy at all. It's wonderful. Yeah. God, it was a good time. Yeah. I don't think there was a script either. I think it was all just improvised. How about this? Um, one of the first video things is... You found a picture of me, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's like the first thing on um, YouTube is the three of them not wearing shirts like by a horse trough. <laughs> Every day I showed up, they would be shirtless and playing lassoing or practicing twirling the gun around their finger, mm. and always shirtless. And we'd be we'd be driven with. There was like a truck, a flatbed truck. All the extras would get locked in there. There was a gate around it. It was a cattle truck, I and mean, all the extras. And we had to drive by the stars, and they would just be shirtless and kind of wave and judge us from a distance. God, it was humiliating. <laughs> 75 bucks a day. It's tough. Ooh, I did it for money. well over a month, yeah. That's great money. Yeah, yeah, you know, it added up. Paid well, off my mustache. congratulations. Thank you so much. I'm so glad we could revisit these stories. <laughs> <laughs> I made you go back to the story. I've complained very very viciously about you retelling. And I I brought it up again. Thank this you. one's on me. Yes. So note that, listeners. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what I'm saying. I haven't had sugar all day. <laughs> you better wrap this thing up. Yeah, I think I should. Thank you for, okay. uh, thank you. And you're well, thank you, Karen. Thank for, you and thank you. Yes, and you're welcome. And you're, and welcome, you're welcome also. Then we're mm -hmm. both welcome. You've been and listening. Thank Do you, you need a ride? D-Y-N. A-I-R. <laughs> this has been an Exactly Right production. Produced by Annalise Nelson. Mixed by Edson Choi. Our talent booker is Patrick Kotner. Theme song by Karen Kilgariff. Artwork by Chris Fairbanks. 
Follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Dinar Podcast. That's D-Y-N-A-R Podcast. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Follow Do You Need a Ride on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you never miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. And visit the exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Do You Need a Ride merch.